electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. NYC, this is CNBC Control 2. CNBC's essential morning show. PCR 2. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. All right, we're coming to it next. Today, Jobs Friday. 128,000 new jobs created, a little better than expected. This is a potentially game-changing employment report. Kara Swisher, journalist and podcaster on Apple TV Plus's big launch. And that looks so expensive. It is expensive. $200 million expensive. And her interview with NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. He was in love with the internet at an early age when it was all about community. We've got those stories and more from culture at WeWork. Led by a guy who thinks he's Jesus. To President Trump not in a New York state of mind. Does this mean that Fifth Avenue is going to get opened up a little bit? It's impacting your shopping? No, it's impacting his commuting time. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. It's Jobs Friday, November 1st, 2019. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back goodbye in three, two, one, here we go. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the Nasdaq market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Andrew Ross Sorkin. Joe is out today, but Joe Terranova is here with us. He's going to be sitting in all morning. It's good to see you, Joe. Good to see you, too, Becky. Joe, of course, is a CNBC contributor. He's also senior managing director at Virtus Investment Partners. His uh, take on all of these things, we're going to get it through the morning. It's the first Friday of the month, Jobs Friday, when the Labor Department releases the number of American jobs lost or created the month before, as well as the latest unemployment number. Jobs Friday is always on a Friday, and the report is always out at 8.30 a.m. Squawk Box spends the better part of an hour previewing and then digesting the numbers. Here on the pod, we've distilled that hour into a few minutes of key content. CNBC's Alain Moy was live at the Labor Department in Washington to break October's numbers. 128,000 non-farm payrolls rose by 128,000 jobs in October, solidly beating expectations. The unemployment rate ticked up slightly to 3.6%. Now, average hourly earnings, they also rose by a solid $0.06 to $28.18. That's a 0.2% increase over the month and a 3% increase over the year. The worker strike at General Motors had an impact on last month's report, but it didn't dampen the numbers as much as economists expected. The strong numbers come despite two big drags, GM strike as well as the census. The employment in motor vehicles and parts was down by 42,000 jobs because of the strike. That brought overall manufacturing employment down by 36,000 jobs. So a reminder. The United Auto Workers Union called off the strike last week, so it won't affect next month's report. But something to keep in mind today and every first Friday, the Labor Department revises most of the employment reports it releases. This time around, revisions to the data from August and September had our economics reporter, Steve Leisman, surprised and optimistic. Give it to the audience. This is a potentially game-changing employment report. We have to think that 
the jobs market is potentially slowing less than we thought to a much higher sustainable rate. Kate Moore, who is asset manager BlackRock's head of thematic strategy, also saw some positive news. We really worry about corporate confidence deteriorating because of trade and was right. it going to stop spending as well as hiring? That doesn't turn out to be the case. I mean, I think this is an unequivocally strong report. Pretty rosy picture, right? Well, another guest, AEI's Economic Policy Studies Director Michael Strain, called for some perspective. I think it's important to kind of step back and, and look at where we are at the 30,000 foot. Yes, we're stronger than we thought we were yesterday, um, but we are still seeing a, a deceleration relative to a year ago. Uh, we're seeing that in the labor market. We're seeing that also in, in, in the GDP numbers. Another metric to watch today, manufacturing hires. The Institute for Supply Management, or ISM, releases data specific to manufacturing. These are numbers that economists watch closely to see if tensions over trade policy have any impact on hiring in factories and other workplaces. That came out after broadcast today, slightly below forecast. But prior to that, Kate Moore wasn't concerned. Given how strong and how broad that strength was in this labor market report, I would be surprised if the market reacted negatively to a weaker-than-expected ISM. And the last element of the report that you should know? The unemployment rate. Last month, the Labor Department revealed the lowest unemployment rate in the U.S. since 1969. 50 years. October's unemployment rate came in a tick higher than September's, clocking in at 3.6 percent. Overall, a pretty healthy report. Now that you're caught up with October's jobs report, here's another take on how it looks in terms of actual jobs. Who better to ask than LinkedIn? LinkedIn is out with its monthly workforce report, and this time the focus is on a sector of big importance for the upcoming holiday season, and that is transportation. Joining us right now to talk about the surprising growth and hiring trends for this field ahead of tomorrow's jobs report, Dan Roth is here, editor-in-chief at LinkedIn. Transportation, sir. Yes. Is that surprising? It is surprising. Surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, I think that we saw transportation as being a industry that was probably either not changing or in some trouble. And you look, you hear about all this self-driving cars, self-driving trucks, and you would have to assume that transportation is going through this massive change and probably shrinking. Our numbers show exactly the opposite. Big growth industry. And the industry itself is changing in who and the kind of people it's Well, so that's what I was going to ask you about. Who are these people? It is much more. If you look at the top people being hired right now in transportation, the biggest growth is software engineers. These are companies that are becoming tech companies. And they're hiring salespeople, software engineers. What about regionally? How does this this set itself up? Transportation is very much a rise of the rest story. The places that are doing the hiring are Chicago, Dallas, Houston. These aren't you know, cities you've never heard of before that don't do hiring. These are massive uh, uh, cities that have great economies, but this is where the transportation jobs are. Georgia is on that list, too. Yeah, Atlanta. Is, is that because of you, Absolutely. Uh, UBS yeah, I mean, being there? That's exactly right. They are saying they want to hire 50,000 people at once to do seasonal jobs. They're trying to hire 100,000 people in general over this uh, for seasonal jobs over the right. next couple months. So there is big hiring. Those seasonal jobs sometimes turn into uh, full-time jobs. Did you see this article in The Times? I guess over the weekend, yeah. there's one and a half million packages that are delivered, I think, on the island of Manhattan or New York City That's now. That's right, yeah. Every day, just to residences. I believe and it. What it's do- no, but what it's doing to, to drive by What it's doing to traffic, it's, this it's idea that basically people are turning, creating like warehouses yeah. in the streets. Yeah. Right. The Amazon effect can't be uh, denied. You know, this idea that we expect to get packages right to our door right away 
is something that we now all, we've grown to be like, yeah, of course, I just put an order. Within an hour, I expect to see this showing up here. And these guys are the ones who are making it happen. 10% of the entire workforce now is in the transportation. Uh, Dan, thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. Let's talk about WeWork, because this is a fascinating story. Ousted WeWork CEO Adam Newman facing a new legal challenge this morning. His former chief of staff um, is now suing him. Uh, the WE Company, uh, as well, accusing Newman of discriminating against her and other women for becoming pregnant and taking maternity leave. Uh, the company is also accused of sustaining a substantial gender pay gap. Uh, his chief of staff uh, said uh, a new male uh, said a new male that uh, was was hired for the same position uh, when she was out uh, was offered an annual salary of $400,000, while she was to pay just $150,000. She said Newman asked her about her plans to get married and become pregnant during her job interview uh, and referred to her maternity leave as vacation. Uh, she said uh, that she had to disclose her pregnancy after Newman smoked marijuana on a charter flight in front of her and that she had to tell him she couldn't travel with him anymore. We work as uh, said it has a zero-tolerance policy for discrimination and intends to vigorously defend itself against this claim. But it's just another example of a culture that, it, first of all, unfortunately, it's believable. I know. There, there's, there's very little in that, in, in this, I read the suit, uh, where you say to yourself, this doesn't make sense. You think to yourself, it actually makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. based on everything that's uh, come out already. So. Um, Especially the smoking pot but, on the plane and having to tell them that. Right. And just it, and, and a cult, by the way, but it's a young culture. I don't know if anybody knows the rules. I don't know if anybody understands what's I, I, right and what's I wrong. The, the, disparage young people by calling it a young pe- culture. No, I, I know. Like a, a, but like I, a, I think that in a, a dictator, it's a younger it's culture. A, and it's started led by a guy who thinks he's Jesus. I mean, like, well, the, that's the, the behavior is repulsive. Right. And and the impact on the market. There has been an impact right. on the market. And the impact on the market is that the money has come out of the IPO market, yep. and it's actually a positive impact because the money is now flowing back into mega cap technology, large cap technology, finding where there are quality cash companies. And where you might eventually have companies. a profit. Right, where you have sustainable earnings over time. That's actually good for the market. So this money that's coming out of the IPO uh, market is actually venture, helping ca- the venture capital. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually helping to lift the overall market. I, I, I think the bad news is for any IPO, you're going to get the tires kicked much more soundly. There's and why be multiple, shouldn't you? And, and that's a good thing. Like mm-hmm. the, that's a good thing ultimately, but it's got to wash out a lot of the garbage that kind of got put in where people thought you could do anything. This is the the emperor was wearing no clothes moment where somebody finally called it out. Um, What does everybody think of this story? President Trump has now filed paperwork to change his residency from New York to Florida. Court documents showing the president now says his primary residence is Palm Beach, where, of course, he has his Mar-a-Lago club. The first lady filed identical paperwork. The president tweeted last night in part, I cherish New York and the people of New York and always will. But unfortunately, despite the fact that I pay millions of dollars in city, state and local taxes each year, I have been treated very badly by the political leaders of both the city and state. New York's governor responding in a statement, good riddance. It's not like Mr. Trump paid taxes here anyway. He's all yours, Florida. Of course, uh, the new state of New York has a uh, number of lawsuits trying to figure out whether he, he has been no, paying taxes. He paid no taxes in New York? Yeah. I, I don't know his, the full history of his taxes, for, in part because we, he won't tell us about all of that. But I think there's, there's two issues here. One is the larger issue, which is lots of very wealthy people in New York who are leaving. Correct. Um, which I think is because of the new tax law. A big, Wall big Street problem. South. But by the way, he did that. 
So let's right. like just call it spade a spade. And then the second question, of course, is does he ever come back to New York? Well, I think there's a third question, and it's political. And is this move motivated by facts? I wondered facts? the same thing. Yeah. With the election's coming up. This Florida's a swing state. You need Florida. Battleground. So, and you think by becoming a resident, somehow the Floridians love you more? I think that helps him. Really? I do. I, I thought the same thing when I said that. I don't it. think being a New Yorker helped him. No. Right. So it that's could the it. other reason. Like, How could it? it? Forget it. You're never going to win New York. Go with it. But I, I thought the same thing. He's the victim of the tax law that he set up here, right. which is why he wants to get out of it. And perhaps there's some political benefit to it, too. But how many of our guests have we seen move to Florida? A lot of guests. Yeah. A lot of, I'm just hoping that, that if this is really true, Lee Cooperman does this about, we're going to talk about it, Lee yeah. Cooperman a little bit later. But does this mean that Fifth Avenue is going to get opened up a little bit so there's a little less traffic that around here 50, less frequently? A little yeah. around, around 53rd Street. It's <laughs> impacting your shopping? No, it's impacting Not his commuting time. Commuting traffic. <laughs> there, there's, you can, by the way, the economic harm that those barriers have created for stores, including Tiffany, no less, is real. Apparently not the LVMH. Not the LVMH. No, no. Yeah, well, maybe they knew this was coming. Who knows? The war of words is heating up between investor Leon Cooperman, who is a regular guest on Squawk Box, and Elizabeth Warren, Democratic senator and presidential candidate. The latest salvo, a critical letter from Cooperman to Warren, and the senator tweeting back in response. Robert Frank joins us with all of the gossip in detail. Yeah, this is getting juicy, Andrew. Uh, billionaire investor Leon Cooperman sending an open letter to Senator Warren yesterday saying her, quote, soak the rich and vilification of the rich policies are misguided and divisive. It's the latest back and forth that started right here on Squawk Box. If Elizabeth Warren is elected president, in my opinion, the uh, market drops 25%. All the billionaires that I know are self-made and give back more to the system they give on themselves. Just to catch you up, Warren then tweeted, saying, Leon, you were able to succeed because of the opportunities this country gave you. Why don't you pitch in a bit more? Cooperman writing now in this new letter that as the son of a plumber from the South Bronx, he earned his wealth through hard work and has pledged to give most of it to charity. Quote, for you to suggest that capitalism is a dirty word and that the wealthy as a group are ingrates who didn't earn their riches and now don't pull their weight socially indicates that you are either grossly uninformed or are knowingly warping the facts for narrow political gain. Ouch. Now, the five-page letter goes on to say that while the tax system is already highly progressive, he'd be willing to pay more, though not through a wealth tax, more so through eliminating the step-up in capital gains, doing away with carried interest, and also imposing a version of the Buffett rule that would be a surtax on those making more than a million a year. Warren tweeting back last night, Leon is wrong. I'm fighting for big changes like universal child care, investing in public schools. We can do all of that with a wealth tax. Leon can and should pitch in more so that every kid has the same opportunities he did to well, succeed. What's so interesting to me about this is Leon sends a letter. And who leaks the letter? Who leaks the letter? Elizabeth Warren, because she thinks that this is actually good for her, and she uses it as a way to attack him. Yeah. I think that she's going after the wrong guy. I understand her views on the world and what she's trying to do, but I think that, that Leon Cooperman is not the target of her wrath, especially if you really, un- especially if you understand both, the, both his charitable side, but I was also going to say his views on progressive taxes are actually pretty, Agreed. Pre- pretty liberal. 
Uh, you know, when he's talking about carried interest, when he's talking about getting rid of 1031 exchanges, when he's talking rid, rid, about getting rid of the step up uh, at death, I mean, a lot of those things are some of the, the low hanging fruit that we've talked about on this show. And, you know, given his background, given that I, mean, I, I, I got I, someone I, who sent me an email last night. I agree night. with Lee 100 percent. However, I think that he's in a losing position when he hands yes. this red meat to Elizabeth Warren, who's going to do nothing but use it for a political you know, somebody gain. Somebody sent me an email. And by the way, but she missed an opportunity. are going to jump right all over it. She had an opportunity she to moderate. She had an opportunity to, to moderate her persona by responding somewhat favorably. Lee offered. He invited yeah. her to engage in a conversation. She completely dismissed that on Twitter. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the end I of mean, the, the conversation. Is, is that her or is that Twitter? Right. It's a little hard to. to I mean, unless she had said, "I yeah. want to engage with you now." You think Leon. they meet? You think they sit down? No. This is, I, this is red. I don't. To her but what I was going to say is, what happens? Talking about her base, yeah. I get an email last night. I think from one of our viewers, but somebody who's actually on on her base side, who says, "You know, he grew up with. He grew up on third base. What are you talking about? He went to Hunter College for free." No, no, this was the, the point. He went to Hunter College for free. This is the equivalent of, of third base. You can't go to Hunter College for free anymore. And I wrote it back and I said, I, I think you're missing the point. He actually gave the largest donation in the history of Hunter College. He gave them $25 million back in 2013. If you don't think he's paying his fair share, you know, go find somebody else. I just think that, that Leon Cooperman's the, the wrong target for this. I respect what he's trying to do, but I also think politically it's complicated because she's using it. Well, and, and, and the question is, to what effect? Clearly, there are people, as like by evidence of the email I was getting last night, from people in her base who, who are on her side in this instance. Because it's so easy to caricature a guy like Lee Cooperman and not read what he actually said, was, right. which was, I am willing to pay more. I believe, in fact, we do have a progressive system, and it should be right. more progressive, and here's how right. we should do it, and no one wants to talk Just about one that note. side of I it. Think that when he said, I think he wants the system to pay more. I'm, he, he believes he's paying about 50% right now. Yeah, I, don't it, think he he's, I don't think he the, personally the, wants to pay more, for whatever it's worth. The yeah. letter was excellent. I think he believes in social progression. His point was, can we do it without the government bloating, bloating. itself and controlling right. it? I think that's an excellent point. Is caricature okay. really how you say it? Caricature? Yeah. Caricature. 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 That's okay. what I meant to say. Caricature. Coming up. Kara Swisher of Recode on what's binge-worthy and what's just over the top. It's all about the content, and the question is if you're going to move from Netflix to those. Squawk Pod. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Stand Andrew by. This Three, is Squawk Pod. Two, up and Andrew, Q. Good morning. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Osorkin along with Becky Quick. Joe is off today. Joining us instead is Joe Terranova of Virtus Investment Partners. He's been hanging out with us. Uh, we're also pleased to welcome CNBC contributor Kara Swisher is here in the house. She's executive editor and co-founder, of course, of Recode, columnist for The New York Times, Silicon Valley, Whisperer, all of it. Yes, we're I talk whisper about it. all day. Whisper. Well, not, so, not really loud whispering, actually. <laughs> Apple is rolling out its streaming service today. 
You might have seen the trailer or coverage of its very high-profile The Morning Show, starring Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Apple TV Plus will be free for a year for every customer who bought a new Apple product, and it's priced at $5 a month for everyone else. That's the lowest subscription price of any of the other streamers. Think Netflix or the new HBO Max. Now let's get back to Andrew, Becky, Joe Terranova, and guests Kara Swisher and Ed Lee of The New York Times. Kara, it's great to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. No problem. I have a million things I want to talk to you about. All right. We'll start with streaming just because this is Mm -hmm. the day for the Apple launch. I mean, Mm -hmm. it seems to me that this is a very different product than a lot of the other streaming services. This is more akin to kind of Amazon. It's video stuff, including that in Prime. Well, it's, it's you know it's they're trying to use the distribution network of Apple and the phones and and the, the, the sort of the halo of Apple to put these sort of high class shows available to people and so we'll see if it works. It seems like a lot of the reviews is that it's very traditional television. Um, I think some of the reviews are sort of this looks like anything that would come from NBC or CBS or ABC. So we'll see how it does. But services are critically important to Apple, and I use that as a broad thing: services, and that includes the music service, the Photos, and all the other things they're trying to sell. Things, yeah, money. and they're trying to like daisy chain them one to the other: music to entertainment. They probably could go into healthcare or wellness or things like that. And so it sees what they're going to do. I mean, I just feel like it's a different measuring stick. Like success in this one doesn't necessarily mean that you're making a ton of money off. No, it's it. de minimis for yeah, Apple. Right, the phones are still the deal. Locking it's sort of like in. Google and Search and Amazon, and uh, it, it doesn't make money from their entertainment stuff. But it's part of the halo effect of everything that they're trying to do. I have a subscription question, actually, for both of you. Ed, yeah, will, sure. Ed can weigh in on this. Too. We talked about it in the last hour, and I don't know the answer to this. But it has to do with subscriptions, which is, you know, last year, Apple announced with great fanfare the News Plus service. Mm-hmm. Remember, they got all the big news organizations yep. right, uh, to join, with the exception of hey, uh, some notable ones. You get this. And I don't think I've heard about what kind of take-up there has been on that news service. And I don't remember a ton of promotion Shoot. for it. And I'm just not sure where it lands. And if that's an example of subscription to any, I mean, and maybe that should not be considered the so, model. What does it mean? We, so it's a great question. When it first launched, we reported that I think within the first week or so, they had gotten about 200,000 uh, subscriptions to that News Plus service. So nearly off the bat. I think that was sort of a, an interesting number relative to sort of zero. Of course, it's, it's a nice number to get to. But you're right. They haven't really released any new numbers since. Um, I think, I, no, by the way, maybe it's killing it and we have no idea. I don't know. And I don't think they're going to release numbers until they get to what they feel are good, good milestones to release. Or they may never release those numbers if they don't hit those. Well, numbers, they'll release right? them if they're good. Come right. on. I mean, Once, it's just, it's, again, it's de minimis to their business. I think the music service is interesting. It's sort of developing. You think that's the better well. model? Absolutely. Number think, two now. I think right. number two, and actually very good. Like, I have kids and they've moved to Apple Music. I don't know why Off they of did. Spotify. They did, and they love Spotify. And Spotify, you know, is a tremendous product. It's the same thing with Netflix. And I think the issue is, look, Netflix and Spotify in each sector are the better ones, the ones that really did break through with consumers. Now, the question is, can they take that from they them? They gave up Spotify? Or they added They gave in? up Spotify. Gave it, it was up. interesting. And I, I'm not sure why. I, 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 they just like it. They like the product. That's pretty it's much it. It's a better interface, I think, and for a lot yeah. of people like it better. I think what's interesting, it's different about music versus television or news, is that the music stuff, I mean, it's commodity, right? You're getting more or less the same things on Spotify as you would on Apple Music. So okay. it is as much, there's some differences, but it's essentially the same stuff. With the, the TV content, it's different, right? You're supposed to be getting different shows. You're supposed to be getting things that are exclusive either to Apple TV Plus or to Netflix. Or to, so in the case also of, of TV Plus, I know it's, like, what, $5 a month? That's free if you have a new device, device owner. 
Five dollars is actually pretty expensive. It's a lot of money for what a dozen shows at, at the start. It'll build up over time, but they're asking Depends on a how, lot. The, how good those shows are too. Depends right. on how those yeah, shows, those shows are too. But the, they, obviously, the flagship is the morning show, the morning right? Show. Uh, but and that looks so expensive. I don't know if you it's sort of it, 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 it is expensive. Yeah, Two hundred million dollars expensive. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting. A lot of the ones that are getting better reviews are things uh, that are smaller. Um, that they, there was one about Emily Dickinson that got good reviews. I think the issue is whether they can really do well. Like, look, HBO launched HBO Max. Like, now there's tons of these things. And they, they bought some shows, Friends, I think they have. They've got South Park, is that right? One they of got them, South, South Park, Park and Friends, and so there's some other originals. It's all about the content, and the question mm. is if you're going to move to net, from Netflix to those. I love Netflix, but the question is if they have better shows on Apple, will I move? But is it an ship? either or, or can there be multiple winners? Well, I, I think that's for the, most people, yeah. for rich people, I guess. Like, it's expensive. To your point on content, Disney launches on November 12th. That's don't they, they have a distinctive advantage over everyone else because they have that legacy content, don't they? They have a lot of good content, but HBO has great. We love HBO's content. Like, everybody loves Succession. HBO has way more stuff in it than I thought they, they were do. going to. They do. I think Plus. HBO may be sort of the dark horse, although HBO has taken forever to get here. Like, let's, it's been years. Also, it's expensive. Is, HBO is yeah. going to be the most, HBO Max is going to be the most expensive. It'll cost the same as HBO. Bucks, it's 15 right? bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Netflix, the standard price is 13. So you tell me, are there people who historically have not subscribed to HBO who now will because of the additional it's it's the same content. amount if you have cable right it's that's what you pay same amount. it's the same cost you, so that's the question yeah. to me that's sort of a, a interesting theoretical question if you didn't subscribe to HBO before do you well, I think, first of all, if you're an AT&T customer, I think you have a, a new new interest in that because they're, they're trying to bundle it into the things that right. already ser- serve you. That'll be a big part of it. The fundamental question, though, is if you didn't already pay $15 a month for what you had on HBO, why would you pay it now because of all this other stuff? That's It's a marketing question, right? They've got 170 million customer relationships. They're going to start putting them into you know, the, the monthly bills when you get them. Hey, sign up for HBO Max. The first month is free. The first year is free, whatever it might be. And so I think that'll be, uh, that, that could make the difference, whether fundamentally as a consumer you want it. And then there's a separate brand issue, which is that HBO, I think, yeah. always had a sort of very um, upscale which Apple is going for. sensibility as yeah. well. But HBO, HBO Max is Max. trying to do something right. very different. Right. And so... Does that shift it in a good way? Does it then take away on the other end? I mean, that's there's sort of a... You know, Peter Kafka was recently talking about it. Like, Netflix has been around the track 20 times ahead of these people. And so the question is, it's really Netflix's to lose. And the question is, what, does Netflix get sold to someone or should it sell to someone to get, have better distribution and link it with distribution? I think that's really going to be the key, is where you get these things and how they market I them. think there's something to that, but there, Netflix is $60 million in the U.S. It's already. It's already too expensive, but the thing is, is that their, their addressable market that they've said for the U.S. is somewhere between 60 and 90 million, right? So they're already hitting that mark. They're going to get to 70, 80 at some point. It'll take them a little longer now because of the new competition. So I think getting sold to someone else for a better distribution could help if it were more for international stuff or they could sort of, you know, dominate with the... So can we expect to see Netflix at a lower price point? I don't think they're going to be doing that. Their their plan is to continue. Yeah, they raise prices about every 18 months. Uh, They're not going to slow. Also, they're going to stop borrowing money, right? So they need to do (laughs) more self funding to (laughs) to to, uh, to pay for all the content that they're spending, like $8 to $10 billion. Next on Squawk Pod, more with guest host Kara Swisher on what the future holds for Edward Snowden, digital privacy, and Mark Zuckerberg's policy for political ads on Facebook. He's going to change his mind. You think he will change his mind? 100%. This podcast is supported by FedEx. 
Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Three, two, one, up and Andrew. Cue his mic. Welcome back to Squawk Box. Our guest host, uh, Kara Swisher, interviewed former NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden this week for her podcast, Recode Decode. And he had some very interesting things to say about similarities he sees between the NSA and big tech companies. Facebook's internal purpose, whether they state it publicly or not, uh, is to compile uh, perfect records of private lives to the mm-hmm. maximum extent of their they ca- are. capability and then exploit that uh, for their own corporate enrichment um, and, and damn the consequences. This is actually precisely the same uh, as what the NSA does. Recodes, Kara Swisher is our guest host. Were you surprised that he was taking on Facebook with the same gusto as the NSA? No, I think he's sort of, um, I'd say, religious about what, what happens to information. I think it's the same things that prompted him to do what he's done, um, which is that he was in love with the Internet at an early age when it was all about community and it was all about people finding each other and a very different one and when it changed into this mass surveillance vehicle i think he got personally offended almost it was it was a fascinating interview because he's so controversial is he a traitor is he an activist is he a leaker and now is he a whistleblower right. given current where does he land i don't know if you spoke to him about the, mm-hmm. on encryption he he's for it he's, he's for it all the way 100 percent. despite the other side of encryption yes which is Potential for terrorists to be able yes. to communicate with 100%. each other. Potential Absolutely. for Doesn't surprise me. No, also, no, no. He wants. He does. He thinks the incursions of, into the privacy of individuals has gotten to, and it, it started with the government right. and these programs that they had that he revealed, um, and it moved to Facebook and Google and the whole internet. And so he feels that a lot of people aren't getting the transparency they deserve of what's being done with their data, and that as we add on more and more. Uh, Things like right. the nest or whatever, it becomes worse and worse, and we became a full surveillance state. Kara, where do you kind of come down on that question you raised? Is he a traitor? Is he an activist? I, I mean, in 20 years? Well, just mm. based on your own views, you've kind of watched the internet yeah. and, and, and the dark tones that it's taken on, and sure. you've lost some of your own love for, for how this Absolutely. Kind of works. I feel, I, you know, I didn't like turn over classified documents. No, no, no. No, not, not at all. And that's the thing. Like, he, 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 he did things because he thought one way, but then he took it to a 
whole new level. He, he absolutely did. I, I think the, he makes a very good argument of why he did it why, in this book, which is quite good. It's quite a beautifully written book, actually. Um, I think that, you know, most of the, the intelligence is that he is not a Russian asset. I think that's, is he a Russian asset? Is he a Chinese asset? Is he being used? You sort of have to sort of game it out. Why would he be that? Why would he go there? Why did he give it to journalists versus releasing it like WikiLeaks? Um, there's all kinds of interesting twists and turns here. And I think the question is, if he isn't a Russian asset and he wasn't able to release this information of the government violating laws, what do you do? And, you know, today, given the whistleblower in the Ukraine incident, it's what do you do? Were there, there are no channels for him. There you were think no he channels. got played, though? Played by? By the Chinese, by the Russians, after it all came out, whether he was I, a, an asset for them or not. But I, since I played then, how, though? That's what I liked. How played? I, he lives right now, makes most of his money off of speaking on doing That's right. He things. does that. He right. lives in Russia. He's there. He doesn't kind of want to live in Russia. He wants to come back here and he wants to have a trial. But he, the right. problem is he's instantly convicted. Right. So he can't explain <laughs> why he did it. He just goes to jail, you know, and that's it under the current Espionage Act. And so he wants to come back here. He'd like to live in Europe. He's been trying to... Uh, live other places, but he can't go anywhere. He doesn't have a passport. And so his argument is that he was on his way to Ecuador, which he was. Um, he got stuck in Russia because the U U.S. pulled his passport, and he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't. That's not where he wants to be. And in fact, I think he's on a very short-term visa there, even six years later. I want to ask you just a couple quick Facebook sure. questions since we're in that sure. universe right now um, on the political ad front and what you think is going to happen there because there are all sorts of oh, uh, new reports i don't know if they're right or wrong saying that maybe mark will change his mark zuckerberg might change his mind about he's this he's going to change his mind you think he will change his 100%. mind 100 soon because, because this, is premonition. Enough. this is a premonition this is a premonition because he's this done it before because... like he and i did an interview which he said absolutely alex jones gets to stay on the platform so do neo-nazis we're not going to kick him off um, we're going to stick to our first amendment guns and then totally kicked them off later. I think, you know, he the left minute the door Apple open. It, he left the door open he on the earnings the call open. where he said, I'm still thinking about I'm it. I'm thinking about yeah. it. And, you know, that speech he gave at Georgetown, Georgetown. was disaster. I was there. Your was take disastrous. on that I thought was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. It was disastrous. It was like this sort of China or free speech. And I'm like, there's so much in between. Like, I happen to have gone to Georgetown. I'm like, I think at college I studied that there's a very big delta between right. full free speech and China. So, but, the, but, but what was good was Jack had a right. very nuanced in Jack Dorsey at Twitter, who had, had a very different opinion, obviously, of how to approach paid advertising, which is not to do it. Not to do it, because they throw in the towel and can't, they can't fix the situation. Right. And Mark is sticking to this, let's let politicians lie. And I think most Americans get that one. Like, it's so, very Here's, here's the question. And he didn't let students ask questions. Oh, this that was astonishing. Do you think that he, he, this is Mark now, is his motivated by a philosophical view on this topic? Is it, is it a business view? No, it's, not, it's not a dollar's view. We know that. I yeah. think that's true. It's, but it's, it's not a, a dollar's money. It's, it's not an ad dollar's money. It's $600 million. So much, it is. To, to me, the financial issue is much more around actually if you think that there's a contingent, political contingent, that would be upset if you couldn't advertise on the platform, what it does to you from a policy perspective, which case could cost you a lot of money. If you think he's, in, he's motivated by that, what do, you, what do you think goes on in his I head? I think he's way this? over his skis intellectually here, and he doesn't really have a good argument. And if you sat at that speech, you'd be like, this is so nuanced and hard, he could at least acknowledge that people don't like politicians to lie. And it's very hard, you know, Sheryl Sandberg did a video trying to sell this, and I think most people, if you go out in the street right now, would you like to be able to have politicians lie in ads? 
It'd be like no, like, and he wants. Joe Curran's not here out. today, but I would say that he says you're you're allowed to. He says. Well, Joe's we, take is that he's a big boy. He thinks that everyone's a big boy, and they're supposed everyone to listen. Everyone isn't a big boy. I disagree with the, this and particular view. Not but. in not in the context of the internet, because the internet is amplified. It's weaponized. It just goes everywhere compared to television or newspapers or anywhere else. It's a very different medium. And so what Mark was doing, yet even in the earnings speech, is he was conflating paid speech with free speech. It's not the same thing. It's the, it's, tar, it's what Jack said. It's micro-targeted. I, appre- I, I appreciate what he's saying. What I'm curious about is, since I think you know him and you know the Valley so well, what do you think the thought process is that gets to, gets him there? The, the pressure of, of how bad this looks. It's a bad look for the company, although it doesn't affect earnings at all. It doesn't affect people. You you can talk about this. No. It, was, it killed it. This, this Where do the advertisers have to go? That's right. Nowhere. Well, and Where then... then Hop, skip, and a jump to make in Delrahim at the Justice right. Department. I mean, where do advertisers have to go? Google or Facebook? Well, that's not a good Facebook look either. Because no. they are they are selling you more privacy because they're able to drill down and get more. I, I think for Twitter, Jack gave, gave a good reason for this. Mm-hmm. But for them, it wasn't such a big deal anyway because they were not as good at aggregating and saying here are the people that are but, giving. But the it's same a bigger question. He what he did, whether it's big or not, Twitter is where the political and media class live, and so they love this. The, you know right. this. This kind of thing. And I think the issue is he's taken the high ground the way Tim Cook did around privacy. Yeah, In an interview right, I did right. with Tim, like he took the high ground and now Mark is on the low ground. And that's not a good place to be. Kara, thank you. You can hear more of Kara's interview with Edward Snowden on her podcast, Recode Decode. Get it on Apple and everywhere else. That's the show for today. Thanks for listening. Our podcast is a hybrid that we hope offers you the smartest moments and analysis from our three hour morning show with a little extra. That is thanks to the Squawk Box TV anchors, Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Right, 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 right. Here we are. As well as the team behind the sounds. Squawk Pod is produced by me, Cameron Costa, and Waverly Colville. Editors are John Lazration and Mark Teleska. Special shout out to the Squawk Box studio and control room teams who keep the train moving every day. Okay, let's go. Hey, Charlotte, listen, we need some breaking news. And the bookers and producers who bring us all the great content. If you like what you hear, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you listen. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.